on this episode of the How To Hobby Podcast. We dive into what you need to become a successful bike commuter. If you're enjoying the show, make sure to share and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we're open to feedback directly at howtohobbypodcast.com. Hello and welcome to the How To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by the Candleman reincarnate. It's fall. Sean has been out there making some custom wicks for us to all get the sense from. Actually, I don't think that's true, but you know what? It's okay because he's still here in the flesh. We all know him and love him, but tonight... We're going to talk about some things that are really close to our hearts. Uh, Sean's got some amazing things going on in his own personal life that we're going to dive into. And our main event tonight is going to be one of the things that I've been doing for a very long time, for five years consistently now, and that's bike commuting. It's applicable more than ever with prices rising, inflation. We got gasoline. It's expensive. And you need to put it in your car. So why don't you make yourself the engine and dive in to the world of bike commuting. That's all on tonight's show. But Sean, how's the, how's the Wickmaster? Wick, Wickmaster is good. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I haven't made any custom candles in a while, but now that you say it, that reminds me. I got to call that place because I think it'd be fun to go do it again. It's um, fall, man. I know as we're getting into the fall, fall, like the the pumpkin, the apple spice, oh. the getting into fall and winter is my absolute favorite time of year. So uh, now I got to go do it because I currently have a candle I got for free and it's okay. Free candle. A free candle. It's okay, but I could definitely do better. So I got to get out there and do it. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm doing Really good. I've been up to a lot in the last week since we talked. I'm excited to tell you and the listeners about that. Uh, it's been a Perfect. busy week. And honestly, I'm incredibly excited to, to you know, break down this bike commuting segment that we're looking at because it's something that I've wanted to do, but I've always felt I lived too far away from work. So I look forward to kind of getting some of your opinion on that. Well, you never know what you can do. And I guess we'll find out how close you are to work <laughs> after all. When you pick your next job. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. That's Curren- right. Currently only two steps away to my computer to get to work right now. <laughs> yeah, AKA unemployment. <laughs> yeah. You have the <laughs> ultimate uh, commute. The, mm-hmm. the one that everybody's knowing and loving. Yeah. I actually just went to Target myself and got some Opal House candles. So I, I don't know how you got a free one. I am I am like, I, I spent money for my candles this holiday season <laughs> or this fall season, I should say. People that that I I am close to just know that I really enjoy candles. Candles and incense are kind of my thing. So uh, when people get some free candles that they don't really like the scent of, they're like, hey, you like this? And I smelled it and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's also a slow burning candle. So it's a 50 hour Ooh. burn. I know. Ooh. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, it's really powerful, though. So it can be a little overwhelming, but I like it. Well, Sean, I have a big question to start off tonight's introduction. And and that's, I mean, it's one that's really, it's it's picking up steam. It's it's heating up. 
Have you seen or started the new Lord of the Rings series, The Rings of Power on Prime Video? I have not. I want to. I haven't gotten to it. I'm currently burning through a show called The Blacklist. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Um, it's They released the newest season on Netflix. So that's what I'm currently trying to binge through but no i I need to start lord of the rings afterwards no i have not i have not heard okay okay well fine we will we will definitely uh dive into that once you start going because man i'm telling you (laughs) we watch it on wednesday nights because obviously we're recording the podcast you got to get into the week you got to get going and get some things done but then that wednesday night comes it's so sweet (laughs) man oh so all i'm gonna say is good things coming your way Okay. Get through the blacklist, all right? And then we'll then we'll talk about the rings of power, powered shore, doing another absolutely amazing uh composition work with the music. Uh, uh I mean, you know, we're both big musicians, so it's, it's like a, a the soundtrack can make or break a movie 100%. or a TV show or anything. It's it's so much more important than people realize and that to me because like i pay attention to the music and the background of shows i can usually predict what's about to happen based on the 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 key or the major or minor that the the music is coming in like if it's minor you're starting to get some of that like something doesn't feel right you know something bad's about vibes or if it gets really quiet you know something loud is about to come like i i i you got to dial in with all that stuff. Yeah, I I love paying attention to that. So I'm I'm excited. I'll have to go watch it. Yeah, it's definitely good. I I like that they got a lot of new line is actually behind it, and they did all the filming in. I watched the credits this last time because I was curious, like what's going on here? Where are they filming? You know, you ask those questions, and yeah, they're they're doing it in New Zealand. It's a whole oh, man. Amazon. You say what you want, like say what you want about the show, and we'll get into it, Sean, when you when you watch it. But the fact that they have five seasons slated and mm-hmm. it's through Amazon, you know, they got the budget. They got that big, big pop of money now with taking over Thursday night football. I mean, dude, they are just, yeah. I don't know what they're doing, but I'll tell you, they're taking, they're taking some steps to turn, to turn and, and burn on the prime video platform. It's like, I feel like they, they've looked at various parts of their business. They're like, all right, what have we done? We've destroyed everything regarding <laughs> the packaging game and getting people destroyed. I mean that in a good way, listeners, if you're wondering. <laughs> like they've done really well with the packaging and the and the sending out stuff that you didn't even realize you need in a day. So now let's go and let's make prime what what kind of stinks right now? Prime video. Let's let's make that better. And that and they it's like it, they decided in 2022, we're going to make this thing great. They did a whole, have you noticed the prime interface? The GUI got way better too. It's it's so much better. They, the like searching for movies and TV shows in the app is so much easier. Website way easier when you are actually playing the videos so much easier. Cause I remember when Netflix was the only video Smooth service. One. <laughs> Well, it was the only one that had a mini viewer. So you were watching a TV show and you swiped out, you need to reply to a text or whatever. And it would put a mini viewer so you could still watch your show while you're trying to to swipe through things. Hulu and Amazon didn't have that. You would close the app Mm -hmm. out and it would completely shut the show down. 
I really enjoy having the capability to multitask of playing the show in the background. I need to just respond to a quick text or I need to check my email, see if, you know, that my package Who got delivered, you? whatever it is. What and listeners reaching out tonight? Exactly. Get back so, to so like for me, I, that was the biggest thing when Amazon brought that in. I was like, okay, now we're getting serious about the movie platform. And they're the ones that did the terminal list with Jack Carr. That was an yeah, Amazon that was Prime a big show. One. Chris Pratt, Pratt, um, Pratt. Yep, Chris Pratt and you know the Lord of the Lord of the Rings, and they're they're stepping up their game. Um, it's it's kind of showing that they they have all the James Bond on there as well now. Yep, that, like everything from the '60s all the way up to current. Wow, go check that out. It's pretty. Okay, cool. I'll check it out because I went through and I watched all the Jack Ryan's because those were on Prime mm. Video for a limited time. I think they might have taken it down where you can like rent it now, but you can't watch it for free. Um, I've also noticed, have you seen any of the movies that you've watched where it offers it with free V? Have you seen that as an option? No, yet? no. So I really wanted to watch the movie 1917, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I went to Amazon video and I saw you can watch it free through free V with ads. So it had five ad segments they were you know 30 seconds long throughout the whole movie but for me currently unemployed no income coming in if i can save myself five bucks and i can watch some commercials real quick boom i will absolutely watch it for free through amazon so that that is really cool it's a cool service they're starting to partner with definitely well and i i have a job and i have two kids so i'll take any freebies we can have so freebies the way to go yep Let's uh, let's do it. Let's fire it up, man. We are in the same same boat. Well, let's dive into this little challenge you've been doing over the last couple or sorry, you're starting this up now, correct? Yep. Just starting. So I'm kind of playing this off of your challenge for yourself of ride 100 miles for was it eight weeks, seven, seven weeks, seven weeks. So I have been trying to get more into the Strava game of trying to understand how it works. I'm getting my brain trained a little bit better into when I step out the door, make sure I start it, when I get back, make sure I end it, whether I'm on a hike or whatever. And so what I'm going to be doing, and I'm challenging myself over the next year, so until October 1st, 2023, I want to have 200 days of activity. I don't know what that is. And I'm not pigeonholing myself into it has to be walks. It has to be a bike ride. It has to be a hike. For me, it's just, I want in the next 365 days, I have 200 days where I log on Strava. I walked six miles today. I went on a hike and I did five miles. I worked out for 15 minutes, whatever it is. I'm challenging myself to that. So you'll notice, I know you and I follow each other, John on Strava. So if you go, I have like day one, day two, day three. So I'm going to be trying to do that. I'm going to be logging every day. I have activity, what it is. If I do multiple activities in one day, I'll do like day three was, you know, hike with the dog day 3.1 hike in the evening, like whatever it is, that's what I'm going to be doing to try and keep myself active and trying to keep myself responsible for, for really pushing myself out there. If I do more than 200 days, rad. I mean, I'd love to. But I also know for the last two days, I haven't done anything because I've been really busy trying to get stuff in order for this next week. So uh, yeah, that's my challenge. I'm I'm really excited and I look forward to kind of doing these regular updates every couple of months and kind of seeing what day I'm on of activity and how much closer I need or how much more I need to work to get those active days, make sure I, I can't skip 
today, you know, I might need to skip on Saturday and I I'm too close to miss my goal. So I'm, I'm hoping we can keep, you can keep me accountable on, on hitting awesome. my challenge. That's great, man. I definitely will. And, and I think it'd be wonderful if, if listeners could also let's, let's pump Sean up during this next 365 days, reach out to him. Let's, let's get some, uh, let's get some chutzpah in the chat as it were via, you know, our website, howtohobbypodcast.com. You can reach out to us at our Gmail account. And uh, that's at how to hobby podcast. Um, so yeah, definitely let's let's pump you up in that, Sean. I think that's a great idea to have that that goal. And really that's that's kind of so similar to how I like to set up my regimen. Uh, I think I've seen the most success with staying fit when I don't pigeonhole myself mm-hmm. into a single activity. If, if I, I mean, sometimes like last night, it's starting to get cooler here. And there was a, the full moon was on the ninth. I love full moons. Mm-hmm. I'm just a, I'm just a nerd. I just like <laughs> looking up and seeing that beautiful ball in the sky at night. It's, I mean, it's so bright that, uh, well, you can pretty much do anything you want at night when it's, yep. when it's that bright. So it's, it's always been something that's inspired me and I get that like, Oh, energy. And so it's getting cooler. And I did my little, I have, so I like setting things up, you know, depending on the season and, and where we're at, like I will, it was really hot. So I was doing more ab routines and, mm-hmm. and various things just to I would do it inside before bed, or I like doing little things to just stay motivated mm-hmm. for my own fitness. It makes you feel better. It makes my mind function more clearly, just even doing these little tiny uh, compounding effects. And we've talked about this book. It's one of my favorite books, but the small things you do every single day, and this is right in line with that. I, I wish you good luck on the effort. And yeah, last night I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. I just we have this little circle that goes around our house. Uh, it goes around the block okay. and I can just circle. And I just did like five or six circles. And I do that from time to time. Just, I don't know. It sounds really dumb, but there's something about just getting on your bike, just doing a couple laps. Yeah. All right. That feels good. And then I just call it a night, you know, and it's, oh, I love it. I, I so. think I really like that concept because for me, my neighborhood is a, a square. It's about one and a quarter mile around the whole square. And I've walked that hundreds and hundreds of times in my life. And it's the same thing every time. There's nothing new. It's run by an HOA. It's everything's trimmed the same. The grass is the same. Mm. The bushes are the same. The flowers are the same. It's been that way forever. And so it gets super, super boring. And so I've had to find ways to keep that engaging while also having done that you know, more times than I can remember. So uh, I, I, I think that being able to find that, you know, like your path of the circling, or for me, it's a a square, it allows my mind to wander a little bit because I'm not thinking about where, where am I going to go? Do I make the next turn? Where's the next hike? Like for me, it's just, I know it's a one and a quarter mile. It takes me about 20, 25 minutes to walk it at a, you know, a pretty slow pace. And I know I don't have to think about it. So I can just sit there and I can wonder about life, the world, everything. And I 
find it kind of therapeutic, but. Oh, 100%, man. I, I think this is one of those benefits and we'll talk more. Actually, this is alluding and already getting into some of what I'm going to talk about tonight regarding my, what I've seen with bike commuting after five years of consistently doing it. Now, again, I started doing that uh, during school, but mm -hmm. I have, I have been, and you know, you can actually attest to how consistent I was when we worked together, but uh, the benefits are exactly what you said. You, you lock in on something. It's the same thing every day. And your mind then just, obviously you're still being observant. You're still being engaged in the activity, but there's an unlocking of the mind and you're then able to, and this is what we've talked about prior, but the nutritional benefit slash mind benefit to doing workouts and to unlocking your mind this way, there's nothing better and now it's proven and go to Huberman lab. If you want to, he, he's, he's the head of the of Stanford neurological school of medicine. Go, go listen to his podcast at, on this exact topic. And there was a study that was done that proved there's nothing better for your mind neurologically than just getting a consistent workout done in any, any activity really. Mm -hmm. And there's something refreshing to it. So, wow, this is great. What a great way to start the show. Uh, but you're not just doing this, Sean. You're also nope. getting out there and you sounds like you've done some uh, community activities. Let's yeah. So let's inspire I, some more. So I, I wanted to find something to do. I'm unemployed, as we've talked about a bunch of times. I need something to keep my mind busy. And I wanted to find a way to get outdoors and give back to a local community or an organization. And I found a nonprofit called Na The Nature Collective. And they're a nonprofit organization that essentially provides volunteers to help the park rangers and the conservancy people to help manage the San Alejo Lagoon up in Encinitas. It's wow. a very, very critical lagoon. goes back thousands of years in which people have been living off of that lagoon. And as you would imagine, in the last you know 100 to 200 years, man has pretty much destroyed a lot of the natural part of the coastline. And wow. so the actual water coming in and out, flowing sea life in and out was really hindered by construction. And so mm. the Nature Collective has been working to fund and pilot some programs that would help that. And so, like, for example, the city of San Diego, um, they did that massive construction program to widen the five at Manchester Avenue. And they built a new suspension bridge that actually hangs underneath the freeway and it connects one side of the freeway to the other side. So you can actually hike from one side uh, from Rancho Santa Fe on the along the La Ria Trail all the way across the five and then out to the water. So it connects wow. something like like 20 miles of hiking trails there. And so I actually went and it's one of the places I hiked this weekend. I did five 5.08 miles out there walking around. And then I volunteered on Sunday and did three hours working a booth at the uh, nature center in San Alejo to make people aware of the new bridge underneath the five. And we were doing the three mile loop challenge that loops around the whole property that uh, just trying to spread awareness. So I'm going to be doing that more and more. I'm going to be volunteering again in a couple of weeks with them, uh, but I highly recommend you go check out their site. 
and if you live in San Diego and volunteer, they have so many opportunities. They do an amazing volunteer orientation and uh, I'm looking for more ways to give back. So I'm trying to Wonderful. do better about getting outside and being more, more intentional when I'm outside of trying to help the world be a better place. No, that's great. And we will link that site, naturecollective.org in the show notes for your guys's uh, future reference. So that'll be there. And Sean, great work. I mean, that's wonderful. I, I'm a huge fan of being in that mindset of conservation. Uh, we'll talk about it again this evening as we get into our main event, our main topic, but it's, it's a main proponent behind why I choose to do this crazy bike commuting thing uh, because it saves so much more in natural resources. And I think when you start to understand the positive impacts to the community, your community directly, it's, it's a no brainer. I mean, yep. and it, it inspires you. We talked about how an activity can get you sort of thinking about things in a different way. I was just sharing with Sean right before the show, how I have changed because of cycling. I've changed how I view going and getting little groceries in the week. So most people we're, we're all, nobody's immune to it, right? Amazon wouldn't be a thing if you didn't need things like one-off pieces yep. throughout the week, right? You don't just get everything uh, at the store at one time. It's, it's not the way our world really works. And sometimes there's products that you can't get at certain stores. Hey, I need electronics from here. Hey, I, and that's part of the capitalization that our country is famous for, which is great. But for instance, for those one-off items that you know you need at a special store, I'll turn that into a bike ride. Mm -hmm. And I'll go out and I'll I'll throw my my bag on, I'll get a workout and go and grab whatever we may need. If it's a one, I mean, I'll even I'll throw four up to four or five items in my bag and head back home. And I feel that there's something, there's a release there of like, wow, not only did I uh just get a chore done, but I also made it an activity, something to enjoy. And it's not, again, it takes, which is exactly what I think your 200 day challenge will kind of unlock for you and show you even more is it takes the nag out of the fitness. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I feel like I need to do. It's something that I'm just doing because it it's a part of my routine. Yep. It's not like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this to stay fit and to stay in in the mindset that I need to be. It's like, oh, well, this is just kind of fun. I'm going to go spin around on my bike and grab something that we need at, at the house. And who cares? How, if it's five miles, great. If it's 10 miles, great. I mean, you know, you don't really think about the output, the end goal as yeah. much. It's just, hey, I had fun. Yeah, so. that that point in which it becomes a routine versus like a, the grind. Like yeah. right now, forcing myself to be active is a grind because it's not inherent in me. I'm having to, I enjoy it, but it's not built into my daily routine or my mindset or anything. So that's why I'm, I'm doing this challenge and forcing myself to get involved. Mm -hmm. But someone like you who has done this bike commuting for so long and you've built it into where it's so normal for you, that now it's not just I should ride my bike. It's like you're craving it. Like, oh, I have to, I'm not going to drive. I'll, I'll go to the store. I'll, I'll go to the store. I'll get groceries. I can ride my bike. And I think that's really cool. And something that I look forward to hearing more about tonight 
and hopefully we can spread that to our listeners as well who have been thinking about this for a while who really want to jump off the the plank and actually like get into bike commuting but it seems kind of almost unobtainable like for me that's that's kind of where i'm at right now so i look forward to hearing more about it from you well i can't wait so before we get into that listeners we have a couple things we got to go through we want you to feel confident about what we're putting down and hear some feedback from you guys so if you're enjoying what we're talking about tonight the how-to hobby experience as it is as it stands today please Leave us some feedback wherever you're listening to this podcast and potentially share with family members that you think would benefit from our content. We're always trying to put down and bring you value as listeners. So if there's any ways that we can improve, we are all ears. You can reach out to us directly at howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. That's our Gmail. We have a website. This is the best way to stay up to date on all of our content. We're going to be putting up more and more on the site. We have grand plans for blog posts, additional video content, uh, lists for gear that we use day in and day out. It's going to be very interactive. It's going to continue to grow. So you can find us, and that is howtohobbypodcast.com. It's one of our favorites. We also have a Twitter and Instagram. We're working on them. It's at howtohobbypodcast. And again, this is the the best way to share and to grow uh, from you guys, our our listenership. So if you're enjoying it, please leave us some some likes and some five stars re- reviews and and share the the love with your your friends and family. And without further ado, we're gonna jump into tonight's main event. We're talking about bike commuting, and it's something as I've said. I've been doing for five years. I can speak on this topic with confidence. I have ridden a lot, (laughs) a lot over the last uh, five years. And I average on, uh, within the year, I average about 3,000 miles. And that's been my my consistent um, sort of barometer for every year for those, those five years. I don't know where I'm at this year. I'll have to check that out and maybe show share with you guys next week. Uh, I do know that I've I've ridden uh, to work alone 130 times, over 130 times. So I'm I'm right up there with uh, feeling pretty good about that number. And it just kind of gets you at little little goals, little little moments. But we're gonna we're gonna walk you through the baby steps. I think it's important to just take a step back. Yeah, it's all great. We like to talk about our achievements and and why something is is great for us and what we've done with it. But tonight we're going to walk you through what you need, how to do it, and then I want to talk through some of the benefits for both Sean and all you listeners because this is something I'm passionate about. So Sean, let's let's start off with what you need. If you've listened to our bicycle segment, biking, I believe was the episode. It was probably episode two or three on the list, Sean. You need a bike when you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> when you when you want to start bike commuting, get a bike. All right. This is this is simple, it yet effective. And I think one of the big things here, get I have a used bike. I bought it in 2015 for I think five hundred dollars. I have used the same bike 
for all of my bike commuting efforts. I've never changed once. And that bike has paid itself back. I mean, I don't even, I should, I will run the numbers <laughs> and see how much money I've saved. I just talked about, uh, well, I'm going to save this for the benefit, but I, I have saved a lot of money in gas in this year alone. So that just, that's a, that's a benefit right off the, off the front. Again, you don't need to break the bank. Nowadays, maybe you need to spend a little bit more than 500, unfortunately, because the used market is crazy. And maybe you do need to buy a newer bike, but don't, it does not need to be top of the line. It just needs to be something that is reliable and that you can work on and feel comfortable working on yourself. That's uh, the key ha- right there. Yeah. Cause, it, Cause I have, I have a mountain bike that I've had, oh man, probably close to 10 years. I've had that bike and it's a pretty rugged bike. It's really heavy. That's the only downside. So, uh, it can get kind of rough with commuting. So I do have that question for you, road bike versus Mm. any of the other bikes. Um, But for me, I just have that mountain bike and I've had it so long that I've gotten so comfortable with it that I know, you know, if if I start having some issues shifting, I know, okay, something's kind of off. I need to look at the chain. Something needs to be lubed, like whatever it is. Um, I regrettably did buy that bike new, uh, but I wouldn't do it again. I would definitely go with the used market especially someone like me because i'm still in that early phase i'm not like i'm not planning on right i'm bike commuting 3000 miles this year so for me i need to just get something that can get me started and not go into my normal phase of obsessing over every little tip and trick and uh you know bells and whistle actually literally bells and whistles on on yeah. the bike uh I just would start with a used bike. Um, but my main question for you is, do you have a road bike and would you recommend a road bike over a mountain bike? I do have a road bike. I would definitely recommend. So I have an aluminum road bike with, it has some carbon composites on it. So it has a carbon fork and a carbon seat post. Carbon fiber for me, when you're talking about cheap carbon fiber, which is what all bikes are made out of. I'm sorry. It is not aerospace grade carbon ladies and gentlemen i i don't want to bash on it too much it's good but there are much better layups out there in the world of engineering and even those fail so if i'm going to get my bang for my buck i'm going for aluminum and and just that's or steel even though i started with a steel frame peugeot that that unfortunately i got I got taken out by a car. That was not a good, it's a whole other story, but <laughs> that bike did not stay with us, unfortunately. And uh, so, yeah, I moved to the aluminum. I would recommend that and or a commuter style bike. Again, those are mostly always aluminum mm-hmm. and they're they're less beefy, but I, you can do it on any bike. You can definitely do it on any bike. You can view it as if maybe it takes you a little bit more time, but you're also going to get really strong. So True. no matter what, that's my, that's my caveat here. Don't limit yourself to, uh, you know, I, I personally want a road bike, but that doesn't mean that somebody can't do this with any other bike. I mean, again, this is, there are stories out there. There's a guy on the tour de France now who found his bike in the back of a truck in Argentina <laughs> and it, he pieced it together and is now a world tour rider. This guy is he started with the literally it was in the 
back of a truck. He was clearing out this truck with all this junk and found a, it was a junk bike. And now he's a world tour rider. So again, these things can, you can take something like biking and make it what you want to make it with the right headspace, with the mm-hmm. right mentality. And that's where I want to, I want to preface this. So don't let the bike make or break your experience. Just like everything we talk about here, we always say you got to come in with the right attitude. Now, something you do need, Sean, that is that I will highly recommend a product that I've used for five years, and that is a messenger bag. A messenger bag. Now, there's a number of brands out there that uh, that you can look into, and and REI has a ton. Uh, you can kind of see, uh, you know, what Chrome is a big one. Um, there's a Tim Buck is another brand, but I chose to go with this custom brand out of San Francisco. And there's a number of reasons why I did that. Uh, I ride the rummy 27 liter messenger bag. Um, and, and the, the main reason why I did, I, this is a waterproof bag. I would recommend when you, when you purchase your messenger bag, go for waterproof. The reason being is because you don't want to be thinking about weather, even if you're just starting out. If you're just starting out as a commuter and you hit one of the days where I live in the Southwest, Sean and I both live in the Southwest, it doesn't rain often, but I've still been caught in the rain at least one time this year, once or twice, where I just, hey, you're at work. You don't get to make (laughs) the rules. So... I've been stuck in a dust storm and I've been stuck in a rainstorm this year. And both of them were actually the rainstorm wasn't that bad. It was kind of nice. You want to know why? Because I had a waterproof bag. (laughs) I didn't have to worry about my stuff inside being soaking wet. So that again, you can, you can check. This is something you're going to spend probably the most second, most amount of money other than the bike. So it goes bike. And then messenger bag, a hundred percent. I have used the same bag for five years straight with no issues. This thing is a tank. It looks, I will send, I will put, this is something I will put up on the website. I'm going to get the the blog post written and I'm going to do a full rundown on my bag because I love this thing. It looks the same as the day I bought it. It's quality and it just knocks every the 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 key design feature here that I just want to point out. One, they use YKK zippers, which YKK, if you're unfamiliar with the background of what it what makes a good zipper, they're the best. Okay. They have different levels of zipper water resistance within their line. This YKK YKK zipper that they use here is the double seamed um uh, taped. On both sides. So no water gets through this thing. Then there again, you can nerd out on zippers if you want. But regardless, I'm just telling you now, this is the this is the I've never had an issue. It's just the same as the day I bought it. Number two, all aluminum hardware. So everything that it needs to be aluminum, like you can you can size it extremely efficiently. And I'll show this in depth uh, on the website. But the make or break feature is they actually have a three-point system. So the problem with most messenger bags, Sean, I've I've ridden some that don't 
go through the pain that I went through, listeners. <laughs> it goes over your shoulder. But when you're riding a bike, the motion, the natural natural motion of you going back and forth as your body is oscillating pulls the bag, especially if you have a load, it pulls it back and forth. You can't just have a single sling. You need an additional strap that is going to attach the, the main shoulder sling under your arm. Oh, under the arm. Under the arm. And this is the only bag, the only bag that I've seen that has done this. And it is the Mission Workshop. The other ones that I've seen, again, I don't have any experience with Chrome bags. I don't have any. Maybe they've incorporated, maybe they've copied. But when I bought this five years ago, this is what was the reason why I chose this bag. Because I had had a shoulder strap bag that when I would ride, especially going uphill, it oscillated back and forth. And then it comes in front of you and you're like, dude, I don't <laughs> want a bag in front of me. When I'm riding up a hill, the last thing you want, listeners, let me tell you, when you're struggling to get up a hill with a full load is your bag to come in front of you and you're like, come on, man. Anyway, Sean, clearly I am, I am crazy. I've gone way too in depth on this, but this is why I spec this bag. And it's hands down. I, again, that design feature alone, I was like sold and it has no problems. No, like still works to say the clip comes around, it clips in. I use it every single day. Okay. That's, that's good to know about. Cause I wouldn't have like inherently it makes sense. You want more than just the shoulder strap, but I guess my brain just thought all messenger bags are going to be the shoulder strap because it's like either you're doing a two point backpack where it comes over both shoulders or you're doing a messenger bag like this. I really like, the style of messenger bag like this, because I feel like if you wanted to, you could swing it in front of you. Like if you want to put groceries or something in there, you could swing it forward and then swing it back. But I wouldn't have thought about any sort of like chest stabilizing strap to keep it there. I even, it's funny because you and I talked about this before we started recording. I went to the website and I was looking through it. I completely blew past where it says the detachable cross chest stabilizer. Didn't even read it, didn't even register it. So the fact that you pointed that out is really important because any of the listeners who are interested in this, who might have looked at the other bags or are, you know, you're Googling this as you're listening to us right now, uh, I think that 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 is something I would have missed. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, no, it's my favorite feature by far. Again, it has all the, the bells and whistles. It has enough space for your papers. It has a standalone paper pocket. I mean, the thing's just got pockets galore. I can fit it because it's a roll top messenger bag. I can fit legitimately a gallon of milk if I needed to. I can fit an additional things to that. Not just a gallon, but I can fit additional things. So, and what you're going to be putting in here, you may be wondering, what am I putting in my messenger bag, John? Well, let me tell you, your athletic wear for the way home and or the way there. So th there's there's really a number of ways of, of cracking the nut here, but you have to have stuff to change into because you're going to be, depending, especially when you're starting out, you're going to be sweaty. So you need to have clothes to change into and have other things to, to get out of the funk that is, again, hopefully you're not too far from work. I'm not far to where this is, this is crazy. We also have showers at work. Maybe not everybody has showers. 
I still think you got to give this a try because the idea behind bike commuting is not let me get there as fast as I can. It's a joy. Mm-hmm. It's I'm doing this to save money. I'm not going to go fast. I'm just going to ride along with cars in the bike lane safely, observantly, and I'm not going to push super hard. You're not trying to get a workout here. The, the methodology behind bike commuting is you're going to work. You're setting yourself up for success in the day. So you leave with enough time to get there, even if something were to go wrong. I, when I was leaving to get to work in California, I would set an hour. I was further away, but I would set an hour before to get to work. So that's the other thing. It tunes your routine to where you're thinking everything through more. And, and the amount of time that you're setting yourself up, you're like, oh, well, maybe I get there a little bit early. Maybe I don't, but it's okay because I gave myself that buffer and I'm not trying. It's not about it. Yeah. Inherently you get a workout inherently you get stronger, but it's not this, oh, I got to get there as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. You're blue in the face. You're sweaty. And you're Sean knows I would come into work. I was not sweaty. No, you look, you looked like you had just gotten off the trolley. Like it was, it it was always <laughs> impressive because that's what also made me realize how in shape you were as well was the fact that you could do that ride and, you know, you didn't show up like I would, if I were trying to do it at that point in my life of just completely beat red and sweaty, but it does make sense. You're, you're not in a rush. You're not like, I'm trying to just crank through this, you know, hundred mile ride as fast as I can. It's just, I'm trying to get to work. With all the other commuters, I'm just using a different tool to get to the office, but I also don't want to show up, you know, starting your day, starting your morning, feeling stressed or overworked or tired, or like your muscles are going to start hurting. That's not how you want to spend the next eight, nine hours sitting in the office trying to get work done and then knowing you have to ride home. So I think that that is a very key thing that I wouldn't have reminded myself. You're not in a rush. You're just trying to get to work. A hundred percent. And this is another benefit you sort of highlighted here, which is you show up to work and you are ready to work. You have already tuned your mind. I mean, in my mind, it was my morning coffee. Mm -hmm. When I get on my bike at the first thing in the morning, it charges me up and you feel it. You feel your body. It's slowly, you, you go easy. You, you kind of, let your own body wake up in its own terms. And then as it's starting to feel better, you start to warm up. Maybe you go a little bit faster, but again, it's nothing. It's all within bound of just letting your body kind of dictate, listening, being observant. And there's something sort of rhythmic about it as well, because there's, you feel the energy around you of people getting up and getting going for their day, but you're on, you're in a completely different lane and a different perspective entirely. Like, you're all going to the same places and they inherently respect you in that sense, because when you have the correct lights and you got, you know, some reflective stuff, I wear pants that have reflective strips on them. You can get little reflective cuffs that go on your, on your legs. Um, if it's night or early morning, it's about to start. We're about to transition into the fall. And so I need to have my my rear light and my front headlight to be able to see. I mean, honestly, it's like you are your own vehicle. And mm-hmm. if you don't have a good enough light, I recommend uh, Night Night Light. I believe is the brand. I'll put I'll put my uh, my my light brand in the descript the show notes for you guys, along with the Rummy twenty seven liter 
bag. I went with the rummy. There's three sizes. I went with the middle rummy bag. Just again, touching on the messenger bag one more time. So you have your athletic gear. This, I choose to, you either do in the summer, I needed to do athletic gear on both ends. So starting and then finishing, but it, it, during the fall, it's so cold. And I'm telling you fall and winter, it's going to be so cold that you can do it in clothing and it's not a big deal. Like you can do it in work clothes. You will be a okay. You're going to be probably freezing. <laughs> there were some times in San Diego I would, and here it will be the same. It, it, when it's like you wake up and it's 40. Oh, trust me. You want gloves. Yeah. You want, you want some stuff on your body to cover your, yourself up because, and then again, it's like, as necessary, you can take, like, if I, I had like a light athletic jacket that I would take off. If I got too warm, I just take it off, throw it in my bag real quick. It's a very uh, dynamic process as you're going through these seasons, as you're going through the different times. Um, you need a water bottle, of course, or I recommend a water bottle. You don't really need it depending on how long your commute is. Cause you could technically get there if you're within four miles or three miles and not need a drink, just have water at, at work. Um, I choose to have one cause it's Phoenix and it's really hot. So I can't not, not have a water bottle. Uh, as far as athletic gear, <laughs> don't break the bank people. We're talking about. I, I, for the longest time, I just had athletic shorts from TJ Maxx and, and a same thing, athletic shirt, sweat wicking shirt for the way home. And that was in, that was in San Diego because I had to climb a m- bunch of hills to get home here. I mean, again, I'm just facing a lot of heat, but realistically, like if you're not, if you're doing flat, flat ground in the fall, oh man, get ready to just enjoy because it's the best you you don't have to worry about traffic. Here we go benefit wise. Saving money, saving gas. Don't have to worry about traffic. You enjoy yourself and it feels good. This week riding home has been unbelievable because it's coming. The sweet the sweetness of just fall is here. Even even believe it or not even to Arizona listeners. Mm. I know Sean, Sean's like, <laughs> that's not possible. I was, I was just out there and it was, it was, it was hot. Uh, but, <laughs> but I do, I do know that the desert does get pretty cool as the fall goes on. And then especially in the evenings. So the, the early morning rides on your way to work, I, I, one of my favorite things to do really in the world is, you know, night drives with the windows down. John and I have talked all about this before. It is one of our favorite things to do. It's it's one of those things that like completely resets me as doing a cold night or early, early morning before the sun's even up, windows down, night drive. But I know I can only do that for so long before my hands start hurting because they're getting cold. Because the other thing to think about here is it's not just what the air temp is. It's that when you're moving and you have that wind chill factor too. I mean, you know, you're moving at say 10, 10 miles an hour, you've got a good wind coming at you and it cools you off even faster. So, uh, yeah, I, I would you know, <laughs> definitely pay attention to the weather in your area before you start getting into this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, maybe start, uh, as far as how we're going to do this, we'll, we'll go through that briefly at the end here. You do need one more thing, and this is important. This is another actual necessity, um, 
you need a spare tube. I always carry a spare tube and a tire iron, tire irons with me for breaking your bead on your tires because inherently you will get a flat. If you're doing this consistently, I do it four to five days a week, depending on the week. We do a 980 schedule. But if I'm here, I don't drive. If I'm if I'm not in, you know, traveling somewhere, I am riding my bike. So just I just told Sean about a month ago I had a flat just and you never know when they're gonna come. It could be just you it's it's part of the process of when you do it and you make a commitment to it. And when you're starting out, you're only going to be doing maybe one or two days a week. That's what I recommend you start with. One or two days a week in your routine before you start spooling up to five or you know your full work week. I didn't even do that when I started my job with Sean here um, in 2018. You need to give yourself a chance and, and grace to understand what it is, depending on your length of commute. Your body is going to be tired just starting out. It's very difficult to do this and and you're you're not used to it. And I wasn't. When I started in 2018, I was tired. When I got home, I was I worked out because it was I mean I was I mean you're doing hills in California so it's on the way home you're you're actually tired. Um the way in not so bad. But again, these are benefits and then as your body acclimates just like everything else, you'll be able to do more and more the mileage and I was doing at the height of my career here in bike commuting or my hobbying, I guess I should say, I was doing 20 miles a day, 22 miles a day in San Diego from my furthest destination. That's a, and that was a thousand feet of elevation. That's a decent push. It took me even a, in, to acclimate to that distance took me time. So again, give yourself grace. You need spare tires and tire irons. For when the flats come, you'll get better. Maybe do a practice. Do a practice prior to hitting the road. Um, do some riding and try and get a flat. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Ride do- over glass intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a matter. It's not a matter of if, it's when. You're That's going right. to get a flat. And this is also a good point. I would imagine you... you you might plan a little extra time into your ride yes, in case you get a flat. Because I would imagine, especially the first couple of times changing it, it's going to take you a little bit longer. So the yeah. last thing you want is to ruin the experience of commuting. You know, you're on day three and you get a flat and you're like, oh my God, I'm stressed. I have a meeting I have to get to. I can't replace this tire. Uh, you know, Then you're never going to come back to bike commuting again. You have to give yourself that extra time for when it happens because... I know you, John, struggled a few times when you used to ride into the office of getting stuck <laughs> with with losing a tire in the wee hours of the morning, trying to navigate through the rocks and the glass and stuff. Right? Oh, yeah. I, right. You've done that a few oh, times. Oh, well, and it's funny. I was going to mention that one, but I'm glad you remember. They well, I'll just say this, listeners. They always stink. And the the time Sean is referring to was when I had my longer commute, twelve miles. So if I got a flat early on the ride. It was no bueno. And there was one time where I had, I got three flats in a row within like a, a work week. So this is just, sometimes <laughs> when it goes bad, it just goes bad. It's just the way it goes. And now again, I had been doing it for three years at this point. So my, uh, I guess I was, I, I, I liked it 
but I didn't. It was mm-hmm. still terrible. And I showed up to work a little frustrated. I had to take the trolley because um, I didn't have any tubes left. That's, that's <laughs> when you're at a point to where you've run out of spare tubes because you've had to replace them so many, so many times. Too many rocks. This is don't pick rocky roots, listeners. Okay. This was a, a route that had rocks the size of golf balls. And I was riding in the wee hours in the morning at like 5 a.m. to get to work. And it was pitch black and I couldn't see. I didn't have my night, my night light yet, my ride night rider. This is actually when I knew I needed to get one of the like spotlight ones mm-hmm. to actually light my way. Cause these golf balls would come out of nowhere, man. I was like, whoa. And, th- and there it was just, psh, and it's the worst. Cause you, you, you feel it. And then you're like, oh no, oh no. And then it's, <laughs> oh, it's the worst, but be patient, be observant, be consistent with your route. The only times I've ever fallen is when I'm trying a new route and or I made a mistake and I'm trying to really quickly make a make a quick decision with with not paying attention. Stay on the road, follow the rules of the road. I'm telling you, you will be safe. I it's you have to just have faith and competent confidence in in who you're make eye contact with people. I make eye contact with everybody that I'm crossing when when in with drivers. So that's another huge tip. Uh, I've seen that with um, motorcycles too. So I took a motorcycle safety class a couple of years ago. And they recommended the same thing because drivers, they're, they're looking for other cars. We, we're trained from the time we're 16 to you don't move into a lane if there's a car there. But it's so easy to look over your shoulder, not see a car and not recognize I mean, and there's science behind this of not wrecking, like you're looking right at a motorcycle, you're looking right at a bicycle, but because it's not a car, it's not what you were looking for, yep. you move right into it. Yep. So I've also seen motorcycles are very key on if you're at stoplights or you're trying to lane split coming up, you do your best to try and look at people's eyes because Before it forces them. It forces you to them to pay attention to you and go, oh, there's a human being right next to me. I need to be more careful. Yeah. And on that same note, don't be afraid to use your voice that we don't have a horn. I have had to yell. I mean, yell to get people's attention. And it's just, it's just par for the course. I'm not, I, again, there, there's some difficult things in life. This is a relatively fun, benign process of learning how to commute, learning how to communicate with people when you're not on their same level. But to that point, Sean, of you're not on their same level. Like they are not always going to see you, but there is some things you can do. And that's, <laughs> you can use your arms and you can yell loud, which is what I do. So uh, yeah, I mean, don't, don't be afraid to use your voice and, and make yourself heard and, and noticed. I mean, this is, it's can be dangerous, but I've had a good success over the last five years. And, and just to, just to go back on what I was talking about earlier, I pulled my Strava stats for this year. So this year I'm at 2,619 or sorry, 2,621 miles. So I'm almost at 3000 miles on the year. Just, just uh 400 more to go, Sean, and we will be there, which I could, I'll probably could be easily. there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Easily, easily knock out for the end of the year. Maybe set a new record this year. I I think that's insane that you ride that many miles. I think it's really cool, and I think that the the big takeaway that I've 
I'm having from a lot of this of beyond the gear, because the gear is important. You have to have the bike, you have to have the bag, you have to have the spare tube and the, the tire irons. Uh, beyond, you know, mapping your route, beyond doing everything, there's this layer of you have to be observant and you have to be aware of what's happening. And there's an inherent risk in everything that we do in life. Uh, for me, I'm admittedly scared of riding my bike on the road. My whole life, I always rode my bike on the sidewalk. That was how I was raised because I couldn't trust the cars in my neighborhood. We're going to actually pay attention to bikes in the road. I always rode my bike on the sidewalk. And I know you can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to ride in the bike lane. But there's a fear for me of riding in the bike lane mm -hmm. and getting hit. Now, the funny part is I hop in my car and I do 80 down the freeway with zero fear. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that is so inherently more dangerous than riding my bike on the road. But it's because I've gotten used to that fear of, you know, I outgrew that as I got more comfortable driving my car. And I know that I could get more comfortable with the risks associated with bike commuting as long as I was also teaching myself to be aware and be observant. So I think that's a, a great lesson in a lot of what you've said tonight is, you know, you like you said, start slow, be consistent, be patient, and be observant. That's great. Well, I'm glad you're you're getting getting some things out of it, Sean. That makes me happy. I do also want to just preface and put a disclaimer. Please listen to our biking specific episode before this is really a topic that is building on biking as a hobby. This is a more advanced. So please listen and, and preface yourself there. There's gear that we left out of this episode because it just, it's not necessarily specific to bike commuting, but it's specific to biking. So things like a helmet, always, you always need a helmet for safety, uh, a bike pump. You need a bike pump to, or a CO2 cartridge to fill up your spare tire when it, when it goes flat. So those are things that we've, we've talked about in the biking episode more in depth. We didn't go into those tonight. I'm sure you can figure out how to find those. This was just about the methodology behind biking. And let me tell you, one of the biggest things this has done for me, Sean, in closing, is this has made driving fun again. When I get into my car, I shared with you right before the show that the, I looked, I keep a notebook in my, in my driver's side door where I take my mileage and my when I've last filled up my tank. And it had been two months since the last time I had gotten gas. And that normally I go about a month, but that was a real special one for me because it was, I went, wow, it is two months. And I didn't even have, I wasn't even on empty. I only got a half a tank of gas. Wow. So, and here I am filling up once a week. <laughs> telling you, man, it changes. Now, again, I, we have a family car and I drive with the family. I'm not saying I don't drive, but when I get to take my little sports car out, and and hit the road on and on an even like you're like you're talking about with the windows open. Well, after we saw each other the other night in Scottsdale, you better believe, man. On my way home, I was I <laughs> oh, had I, those windows down. I bet you did. Ooh, we did too. The, the whole the drive. Window. Oh, so good. It was great. So, listeners, we hope you have found value in this episode. It's definitely something that's close to my heart. Uh, it sounds like Sean got some stuff out of this. Let's let's pump each other up again in this in this community right this is a community building activity bike commuting you get closer to your neighbors potentially you get closer to your uh it's a it's a 
conversation starter. It's a, it's a way of life. Like I chose to be six miles within six miles of my work because I wanted to bike commute. So you're not, you're, it just changes your whole way of looking at your community. You're, you're, Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to have a bike. People are like, what, what's this guy doing? You're like, I don't know. I'm a biker. They're like, wow, that's cool. So it's a very fun thing to get into. And I want to leave you with that. Um, and we just want to thank you again for listening tonight. We, we hope you, you've had value added to your life here. And without anything more to say, listeners, tune in next time to the How to Hobby podcast. <laughs>